Cyrano de Bergerac in Space is a five-part all-audio radio play. While there is some language used, it is intended for all audiences. This episode of Cyrano de Bergerac in Space is sponsored by The Icon Group, Studio Dubois Incorporated, Jonathan Safford, Jonathan Safford, Voice of Christian, available for voice acting work, commercials, audiobooks, narration, and more. Contact him at readyman45 at gmail.com. And Joseph Vigent. If you or your business would like to learn more about becoming a Cyrano sponsor, please go to our website at swampmeadow.org. Thank you. Have you any word on his recovery, Lieutenant Barkins? Now there is stable Commander Deguiche. Although he will be comatose for some time, he will live. Amazingly, every wound he received just missed his vital organs. To imagine that just one That man... is all, Lieutenant. Oh, Valvera, you idiot. I had high hopes of you, lands even. Oh, but here you lie dormant. <laughs> A shell of everything I made you to be. How will Roxanne Sir? ever... The Admiral wishes to speak with you. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Commander Klond. I will go to her at once. Oh, curse you, Valver. My Admiral. You may rise, De Guiche. My word. That was quite a performance last night. Don't you agree? I... <laughs> I see you're having trouble keeping your ward on leash, eh, Commander? I assure you, Admiral, the actions of my novice do not speak for Calm me. yourself, De Guiche. That is not why I called you. Urgent matters. News from the Tarakium Rim. Our allies, King Huguenau and his people, have been attacked by the Panion. Impossible! But how? My fleet personally crushed their final battalion at Ugali. How have they risen? It seems we were misled. Perhaps they be the reinforcements so desperately needed in your massacre? An intercepted warning beacon from the downed ships? Maybe even phantoms. Who? is to say fully, but one thing is certain. Be prepared for war, Commander. I want all the cadets prepared for what transpires. Consider it done, Admiral. I will alert the regiments post-haste. Oh, and Aguiche? Yes? Tell me, who was that man who bested your champion last night? Serano de Bergerac in space. Situated directly above the engine of the starship Dirac lies a massive deck filled with gargantuan moving cogs and pistons. Static electricity sparks from the machinery. Steam emanates from every moving apparatus. Still used as the secondary power generator of the Dirac, the vast room had been shared for some time with a bazaar for merchants and buyers. This is the refreshment bay. 600 was a time of great mania for the vendors at the busy market, and it was generally hard to navigate as a familiar pastry android was now experiencing. Quickly writing on a piece of parchment paper, Rag and O scans the refreshment bay. She scuttles through the crowd of shoppers, 
She darts past a pair of Oregorians as she continues scribbling with her Blackbird quill and Skydew ink. Nervously, she makes her way to her destination, a large bake shop with curved glass display windows and a table seating outside the entrance. Situated beneath one of the larger metal cogs, Rag and O's confectionery had once been the main quarters for the android's creator, robotics engineer Professor Lassier, until one day when Rag and O commandeered the shop for her famous pastries. An assembly line of robots, each designed to knead, decorate, and bake an assortment of goods, greets the metal maiden as she enters. Ah, my friends, how is production going? Putting fruits and pastries with nugget, mixing buttercream icing. Our rare and silver rays begin to glitz in now on my copper friends, and thou, oh Ragano, must perforce stifle in thy breast the god of song. Anon shall come the hour of the loot. Now tis the hour of the oven. Friend, be all one at us. My sensors indicate your icing is a bit short in thickness. How short? Three feet. <laughs> <laughs> my muse, retire. Lest thou gleaming eyes be dimmed by the oven's bliss. You, Y2.22, as you put on your lengthy extenders and need my son alternate them as the old Marl H5 loved well to alternate. But he is scrapped now. His long lines are burst with the short ones. Thus shall Dell in time grow before the flame. Statement, we have constructed a unique pastry for you. Presenting... You made me a sweet! Brioche pastry. With conserved fruits. Good DRG6. This was for a client of my husband's. But you deserve it. Here, a new advance of voice box. But don't tell Professor Lasore. Let me install it for you. And there, what do you think? Thank you, Mother. Knock, knock, Ragnano. I've come back from below deck, and I'll tell you those deckhands really did a number on my work. Yes! My husband, DRG6, I heard that voice in quiet. I'm sorry? Hiding what? Wait, Ragano, my dear computer wife, did you install the new voice box for my important client on that DRG unit? No. Father. How am I supposed to further my research when you keep stealing my hardware to support these dim-witted lesser units. Furthermore, you are not to use our wrapping parchment for your frivolous poetry. I shan't spend credits on something as worthless as parchment. So I found your collection and I am using it for today's pastry wrappings. Heavens, my cherished words, the poems of my friends, destroyed, dismembered, to wrap my biscuits and cakes. Ah, oh, the old tale again, Orpheus and the Bacantes. And am I not free to at least turn to some use the sole thing that your wretched artists of halting lines leave behind them in way of payment? Before you were the sworn comrade of all that crew, my creation, you did not call your husband an ant and a bacanti. To turn fair birds to such use of pastry packaging. Faith, tis all it's good for. Pray then, darling, to what use would you degrade prose? Here I go to clean tables, weeping for my heart. <sighs> a handful she is, but alas, I am lonely. Lasser hurries towards one of the several small doors situated at the back of the shop and produces a large key. He unlocks the door to his studio and begins to weld a dormant android that lies on his workstation. 
Ragano lowers her head as she leaves, wiping the tables with as much enthusiasm as she can muster. Serenade yeah. de Bergerac's nose enters the shop, with the rest of him arriving a short time later. He barges past Ragano and her customer and begins pacing like a caged lion. Here are your pies, sir. Ragano notices Serenade looks out of character in an oddly proper way. The wrinkles have been steamed from his cloak, and his trousers have been crisply ironed. However, his hand bears a nasty burn mark from the hot iron evidence of his unfamiliarity with domestic chores. What's the clock say? Oh, yes, sir, no, why at six o'clock, my friend. In has... one hour's time? Uh, well, uh, well, what saw you then? Speak. Your combat. Which? That in the observation theater, good faith. Ah, uh, the duel. Hi, the duel in verse. Oh, I can talk of not else, sir. Not else. Well, good. Let be. At the envoy's end, I touch. At the envoy's end, I touch. Tis fine, fine. At the envoy's end. What hour is it now, Ragano? Five minutes after six. I touch of. To write about. I will pause my fiddling, Ragano. The new model is ready and booting up. Oh, how do you do, Mr. de Bergerac? Oh, Dungham, what's wrong with your hand? Not. A slight burn. Have you been in some danger? None in the world. Methinks you speak not the truth in saying that. Did you see my nose quiver when I spoke? Ew, quoth! It must have been a monstrous lie that should move it. I wait for someone here, Ragano. Leave us alone, and disturb us for naught unless it were a crack of doom. But tis impossible. My poets are coming, and our poetry meeting is taking the only available back room. Oh, eh, for their first meal of the day. Nay, worry, Cyrano, I am but leaving with my newly made android for <laughs> business. In a moment, the poetry heads may use my workstation. Speaking of, I must be gone. Prithee, thank you, Professor. What's the clock say? Ten after six. A pen! Here, a blarkborg's quill. Ah, oh, tabby and a sloppy. Ah, yes, yes. Ragnarok, this is my new, uh, uh, I mean our new help for the shop. I finished her sex, uh, I mean her circuitry. Uh, I'll see you later. For now I must uh, calibrate her, her more for the shop. Yes, I, I thought you'd want to meet her. Uh, say hello. Good day. I'm going to uh, familiarize her with my, I mean, my the ship. <laughs> uh, come along, MKBM. Yes. What was that? Tis a new droid the professor has made to help me clean the bakery. A magnificent scrubber, at least so says my husband. Hush. I will write a letter, fold it, give it to Roxanne, and fly! Coward! But strike me dead if I dare to speak her. I even one single word. Ragana, what time is it? A quarter after six. Aye, a single word of all those here. Here. 
But writing? Tis easier done. Go to. I will write it. That love letter. Oh, I have wrote it and rewrote it in my own mind so often that it lies there ready for pen and ink. And if I lay but my soul by my letter sheet, tis not to do but to copy from it. Write it I shall. Oh, here they come, my poor friends. Enter, please, enter, friends. The three members of Ragano's weekly poetry club enter the shop. A consistent delight for the pastry android. The society was a celebration of both pen and stomach. Today, the group consisted of two large bohemians, each grinning ear to ear, and a hologram of Linier, the lyricist who Cyrano had saved from a hundred ships the night before. Sister in our Dear sister! I saw an eagle among pastry cooks. Mary, it smells good here in your eatery. We were delayed by the mob. They are crowded all around the refreshment bay. They spelled even to the armory. Yes, all for the search for my hero. I would have been gone today if not for that lone star pilot. One hundred ships against one. And this throng of people rioting to find them. I am elated. Oh, and tis a new piece that I've been working on about the fray that goes like the ships, the ships, the many ships. Oh, Mr. Star Pilot, Cyrano, okay. now you who might be the hero of the fray. N no. Nor I, but I owe them much. I love thee. Twas one man, they say. I swear to it, one man who single-handed obliterated the whole band. Murdsnaws. But he must have been a ferocious. Was a pause, fearsome giant that was the author of such exploits. Anyway, on to food and art. What has rhymed of late, Ragano? And what pastries have thou made? No need I sign, since I give it to her oh, myself. Go to. <laughs> Let us hear these verses. A recipe in verse. How almond tartlets are made. Bake your eggs up light and quick, fruit them thick. Mingle with them while you beat. Juice of lemon, essence fine. Then combine with gross milk of almond sweet. Circle with the custard leaves, then slip ways of your turtlet mold. Then chop with the skillet, fingerprint, make and dink. Rounder eggs and drop one drop in its little dainty bed. Your cream shed in the oven, lace each mold the appearance of the ground. Your green hound, almond chop. Oh, exquisite! Delicious! <laughs> Lulled by your voice, did you see how they were stuffing themselves? Oh, I, I see well enough, but I never will seem to look fearing to distress them. Thus I gain a double pleasure when I recite to them my poems, for I leave those poor fellows who have not breakfast free to eat. Even while I gratify my fallen dearest foible, see you? Friend, I like you right well. Thank you, sir. Oh, now it seems we have two ladies approaching the shop. Please let me tend to them. Oh, hello and welcome. Pass the here. Leave. We shall be more private in the back. Come, poetry. Come. Ragano and the beatniks gather their sugary poetry and retire to the back room, the lyricists grabbing as many pastries as they can. Sereno's eyes dart from the portly poets to Duena, Roxanne's aide, entering the shop followed closely by the hooded Roxanne. I see but the faint glimmer of hope, then I draw out my letter. Enter! Two words with you, Duena. Four, sir, and it's like you. 
Are you fond of sweet things? Aye, I could eat myself sick on them. <laughs> Good. See you then these two sonnets of a Ms. Boyle, filled with yonderack cream pies. Ha <laughs> ha uh, I do like those. What say you to the cake they call a little pufflert? If made with cream, sir, I love them passing well. Here I plunge six for your eating into the bosom of a poem by... Boil, <laughs> and in these verses of Miss Tobin, glide a lighter morsel. Stay, love you hot cakes. Aye, to the core of my heart. Pleasure me then. Go eat them all in the herbarium. Dine with all the beauty of the plant life the Dirac has collected on our journeys, and come not back till the very last crumb be eaten. Uh, now but, leave. Uh... Oh, I thank you for that, Cyrano. Duenna is a good aide, but my, she is too persistent. Uh, may we talk privately? Yes, of course. The old android has some rooms in the back. Follow me. The hissing and clanging of metal bakery droids ringing in their ears as Cyrano leads the way to Ragnall's back room. They enter a small cranny clotted with paper. This is old workshop, which Ragnall has now converted into a poetry studio. Stacks of parchment lay strewn about the room. With no proper seating in sight, the two each awkwardly claim large stacks of poetry for their chairs. Please, uh, sit. Blessed be the moment when you condescend, remembering that humbly I exist, to come to meet me, to say... to tell... Well, to thank you, first of all. That dandy man whom you checkmated in Brave Galaxium play last night. He is the man whom a great commander wants my affection. Ugh. <laughs> Would that be de Guiche? Sought to suggest even Valver for my... Husband. Ah, husband. Dupe husband. Husband a la mode. The nerve. A great friend de Guiche has been since my father's passing, but ugh, my father, methinks, he strives to be. Or worse, perhaps. Then I fought. Happy chance. Sweet lady, not for my ill favor, but your favor's fair. Confession next. Uh, but ere I make my shrift... You must be once again that brother friend with whom I used to play by the lakeside. Aye. You would come each spring to Gascony. Oh, mind you, the reeds you cut to make your swords. While you <laughs> wove corn straw plates for your doll's hair. Those were the days of games. And blackberries? In those sunny days before Spaceship Duroc left France all those years ago. Roxanne in her short frock was queen of all the Gascony province. Father did insist things would be better in space. Was I fair then? You were not ill to see. <laughs> Oft times with your hands all bloody from a fall, you'd run to me. Then, aping mother ways, I, in a voice would be severe, would chide, What is this scratch again that I see here? <laughs> oh, and I see another injury on your hand, dear Cyrano. Tis too much. What is this? No, no, tis fine. No, no, let me see. <laughs> At your age, fie. Where did you get this burn? I got that... In my battle at the Nestleport. Give it here. I, I have a spray in my bag, and I'll, I'll wrap it for you. So soft. And to fix my wound, so sweet. And tell me, while I wipe your injury, how many against you? Oh, a hundred ships near. What? I believe I have heard rumors of this very same fight. Uh, come on, tell me. Now, let be. But you, come tell th the thing, just now. You dared not. Now, I dare. The scent of those old days emboldens me. Yes, now I dare. Listen. 
I am in love, <gasps> but with one who knows not, <gasps> not yet. Uh-huh. But who, if he knows not, soon shall learn. Uh-huh. A poor man who all this time has loved timidly from afar and dares not speak. Uh-huh. Leave your hand, why it is fever hot. But I have seen love trembling on this man's lips. Uh-huh. And to think of it, that he, by chance... Yes, this man is in your regiment. Ah. He is a cadet. Ah. On his brow, he wears the genius stamp. Ah. He is proud, noble, young, intrepid, ah. and has a ravishingly fair face. Uh, fair? What ails you, Cyrano? Oh, nothing. It is, uh, ah, ah this burn. Ah, ah. <sighs> I love him. All is said. But you must know, I have only seen him last night. How? You have never spoken? Eyes can speak. How how know you then that he... Oh, people talk neath the limes of the neon. Gossip's chat has let me know. He is a cadet? Yes, with your unit, no less. His name? He is from Jalil. His name is Christian. How now? That is not a name I've heard in my unit. He is to join your ranks today, apparently. Under Captain Carbon Zost, is that not your captain? Yes, Carbon is my captain. Ah, how quick, how quick the heart has flown. Uh, but, my poor dear... The cakes I, are eaten, Mr. Bergerac. And read the verses printed on the bags! My poor dear, you who love but flowing words, but what... What if he be a lout, unskilled? Oh no, his his bright locks like one of Wilde's heroes. Ah, a well-curled pate and witless tongue, perchance. Ah no, I guess I feel his words are fair. All words are fair that lurk neath fair lip. Suppose he were a fool. Then let me drift lifeless hence. Was it to tell me this you brought me here? I fail to see what use this serves, Roxanne. Nay, but I felt a terror here in my heart on learning yesterday that your company believes in the Gaskin Code. All of your company. No one should tread lightly when calling themselves of Gascony. It is not just my home, but the honor and legacy of the de Bergeracs lies in those roaring mountains and luscious fields. It is here, in my sort of ancestors, where I am reminded of my Gascon honor, and that legacy that my ancestors fought and died for. Though headstrong, we will do what it takes to uphold that honor, down to our last breath. I consider each man who fights beside me of Gascony, my Gascon siblings, willing to sacrifice themselves for a greater purpose, and we provoke all beardless sprigs that favor dares admit missed us pure Gascons, Pure heaven save the mark. They told you that as well. Ah, to think how I trembled for him. Not causelessly. But when last night I saw you, brave invincible, punish that dandy, fearlessly hold your own against those brutes, I thought, I thought, if if he whom all fear, all, if he would only... Good. I will befriend your fair one. Oh, you'll promise me you'll do this for me? I've always held you as a dear and tender friend. Aye, aye. Then you will be his friend? I swear. And he shall command no doomed ships, promise. None. You are so kind, Cyrano. Now I must be gone. You have not told me of your last night's space battle, by the way. Ah, it must have been such a hero fight. Uh, Bid him to write. How good you are. Aye, aye. A hundred ships against yours. Uh, Now farewell. You will be friends. Aye, aye. Oh, bid him to write. 
You'll have to tell me all one day. A hundred ships. Oh, so brave. So brave. I have fought better since. Roxanne exits the cramped workshop in a rush. Her chair of parchment topples over, leaving Cyrano alone with scraps of paper drifting around his broken figure. Defeated, Cyrano raises his head in anguish. He is deep in thought. He looks down to his hilt, where his sword of the ancestors rests. He smirks. Yes. He's here! As a large metal door slides upwards, a large burly man enters with a huge grin on his black grease moustache. Cyrano looks up and sports an equally huge smile. Captain Carbon Zost! Ah, hero! We've had it all! Several of the cadets are here! But... Come with me! They will not rest until they see you! Uh, no. I, uh... You hear that, mate? She won't come! The heroes in the sulks! Ah, Cyrano! Huzzah! Madagascar! Ah. Cheers for the Gascon cadets! <laughs> what do they mean, Gascon cadets? Are you all from Gascony? While we're not born in Gascony, Ragano, we carry its spirits. Thus, we are all sons and daughters of Gascony. Woo! Cyrano! <laughs> Frasserborn! Danger abound, Cyrano! <laughs> Quickly! The prey! Glad you made it out of Vassaroke alive, my friend. The galaxy's finest! Friends, <laughs> friends, I beg. Mean, affectionate, aren't they? Wait! What is that commotion from the refreshment bay? Tis not more of you, I hope. What in the stars is going on? Oh, his admirers. <laughs> They're looking for you, Cyrano. It's a crazy mob led by the people who witnessed your escapades in last night's star battle. They sing your praise. What? Have you told them where to find me? Of course I did. <laughs> oh, why? You of all people know I can't stand the rabble. I thought your fans deserved to see you. Besides, it's funny. Now tell me about Roxanne. How did it fare? Hush! Stricken with immense joy, the mob rushes into Ragano's confectionery, pushing one another to get a glimpse of the amazing pilot. Not flustered, Serenoro and the cadets hide behind the counter and shield themselves from the impending fans. Meanwhile, Ragano skids around the shop, trying desperately to keep order. I had not all these friends yesterday. Success! <laughs> My friend, did you but know? Friend? Pray, when did we herd asteroids together, you and I? I would present you, sir, to some fair ladies. My, my daughters, you Ah, and who will first present you to me, sir? What's wrong? Just enough, enough, enough! All but suddenly, the rabble stops. The red-faced mob, who, like the sea, had crashed into the shop, were now parting down the middle. Commander Dugish briskly marches through the center, his eyes directly locked on Serino. He stops a foot from him, his elegant commander's uniform in pristine condition. His cape drapes his body, phantom-like. So far away from the command deck, aren't we, Commander? Serino de Bergerac, I am Commander Allender de Guiche. Admiral King would like to express her admiration, sir, for your new exploit was so... Loud, even she needed earplugs. 
The Admiral is a judge of valor. She could not have believed the thing unless she had witnessed it with her own eyes. With her own eyes? In feats of arms already your career abounded. You serve with those crazy rabble behind. Aye, with the cadets. The Gascon cadets. Cute. All these cadets of haughty courage. Are they that famous? Cyrano! Aye, Captain Carbon. Since all my companies assembled here, play favor me. Present them to my commander. <laughs> my commander de Guiche, permit me that I present. The bold cadets of Gascony of Captain Carbon Zost, braggering and swaggering boastfully, the bold cadets of Gascony, spouting of armory heraldry ready and willing to fight to their very last, the bold cadets of Gascony of Captain Carbon Zost. Eagle eye and spindle shanks, fierce mustache and wolfish tooth. Slash the rabble and scatter their ranks. Eagle eye and spindle shanks, with a flaming feather that gaily pranks, hiding the holes in their hats forsooth. Eagle eye and spindle shanks, fierce mustache and wolfish tooth. Pink your waistcoat and pack your trunk, are their gentlest sobriquets. With fame and glory their soul is drunk. Pink your waistcoat and pack your trunk. In brawl and skirmish they show their spunk, give rendezvous in broil and fray. Pink your waistcoat and pack your trunk, are their gentlest sobriquets. What ho, cadets of Gascony, all jealous lovers are sport for you. O lovers, dear divinity, what ho, cadets of Gascony, whom scowling spouses quake to see. Blow taratara and cry cuckoo! What ho, cadets of Gascony, spouse and lovers are game for you. A poet? It is the fashion of the hour. Though you may have poked my ward, Valver, I must admit last night your fancy impressed me. And pleased my Uncle Richards. I'll gladly say a word to him for you. Great heavens! I imagine you have rhymed five acts or so. He would be thrilled to finance production at his theater on Newman. Why, its population adores new work. Cyrano, what about your play? You're rumbling us the third. You'll see it staged at last. Take it to him. I might. Honestly, I would. He is a critic skilled as well. He may correct a line or two at most. Impossible. My blood congeals to think that other hand should change a comma's dot. But when a verse approves itself to him, he pays it dear, good friend. He pays less dear than I myself. When a verse pleases me, I pay myself. And sing it to myself. You are proud. Really? You have noticed that. All too proud, and should be. After saving Lignere, he deserves it. And show those 100 ships one for. Oh, the fugitives. He who laid that ambush faith must curse and swear. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Yeah! Who was that idiot? <laughs> that was me. I charged them, work too dirty for my ship, to punish and chastise a rhymester's sot. Sir, pray be good enough to ask for a return on your deposit. It's hard to find good assassins these days, is it not? <sighs> Quick, I go. As to you, Mr. Bergerac, have you read Don Quixote? I have, and doff my hat at the Mad Knight's name. I counsel you to study the Windmill chapter. Ah, yeah, chapter the thirteenth. For when one tilts against windmills, it may chance. Tilt I against those who change with every breeze? That windmill sails may sweep you with their arm down in the shit. Or upward to the stars. 
The Geish marches out of the congested shop. His guards, who have been waiting outside, follow behind. The general's coldness has lifted with the exit of the gray-haired commander, and the mood turns jovial once more. Cyrano, Lebray, and the other Gascon cadets breathe a sigh of relief as the crowd disperses. That windmill sails my sweep you with their arm! Man, it's hot air from his ears. Cyrano, he's a commander. Lest you're eager to gasp for oxygen outside the ship, best watch yourself. Oh, scold away. At least you will agree that to annihilate each chance of fate exaggerates? Yes, I exaggerate. Uh. But for principle. Example two, I think tis well thus to exaggerate. Oh, lay aside that Gascon pride. Fortune and glory wait you. I and then? Seek a superior? Crabble for their friendship? And like the crawling ivy round a tree that licks the bark to gain the trunk's support, climb high by creeping ruse instead of force? No, Gramercy. What? I, like all the rest, dedicate verse to bankers? Play buffoon and cringing, hoping to see at last a smile not disapproving on a commander's lips? Gramercy, no. What? Learn to swallow Murd's noses? With frame a-weary climbing stairs? A skin grown, grimed and horny here about the knees? And acrobat-like teach my back to bend? No, Gramercy. Or double-faced and sly run with the hare while hunting with the hounds? And oily-tongued to win the oil of praise flatter the great man to his very nose? No, Gramercy. Steal soft from lap to lap? A little great man in a circle small? Or navigate the vast cosmic plains with a common hiking compass? No, Gramercy! Bribe kindly editors to spread abroad my verses? Gramercy! Or try to be elected as the emperor of an asteroid held by imbeciles? No, Gramercy! Toil to gain reputation by one small sonnet instead of making many? Gramercy, no! Grow pale, fear, calculate? Prefer to make a visit to a rhyme? Seek introductions? Draw petitions up? No, Gramercy! And no, and no again! But... Sing? Dream? Laugh? Go lightly? Solitary? Free? With eyes that look straight forward? A fearless voice? To cock my hat just the way I choose? For yes or no, show fight? Or turn a rhyme? To work without one thought of gain or fame? To realize that journey to greatness? Never to pen a line that has not sprung straight from the heart within. Embracing then modesty. Say to oneself, Good, my friend, be thou content with flowers, fruit, nay, leaves. But pluck them from no garden but thine own. And then, if glory come by chance your way, to pay no tribute unto Caesar, none, but keep the merit all your own. In short, disdaining tendrils of the parasite, to be content if neither oak nor elm, not to mount high perchance, but mount alone. Alone, and if you will, but not with hand against every man, how in the admiral's name have you conceived this lunatic idea to make foes for yourself at every system? By dint of seeing you at every turn make friends, and fawn upon your frequent friends with mouth-wide smiling slit from ear to ear, I pass, still unloved, joyfully, and cry, What ho, another enemy? <sighs> Lunacy. Well, what if it be my vice? 
my pleasure to displease. To love men hate me. Ah, friend of mine, believe me, I march better neath the crossfire of glances inimical. How droll the stains one sees on fine-laced boots, from gall of envy or the starship's drivel. The enervating friendship which unfolds you is like an open-laced Tegillian collar, floating around your neck in feminine fashion. One is at ease thus, but less proud the carriage. The forehead, free from mainstay or coercion, bends here, there, everywhere. But I, embracing hatred, she lends, forbidding, stiffly fluted, the rough starched folds that hold the head so rigid. Each enemy, another fold, a gopher who adds constraint and adds a ray of glory. For hatred, like the rough worn by the panion, grips like a vice, but frames you like a halo. Speak aloud, proud and bitter, but in my ear whisper me simply this. Does Roxanne love you not? Hush. In his brand new issued uniform, Christian, Roxanne's new fancy, runs excitedly into the refreshment bay. His shiny boots glide across the busy shopping area, eager to meet his Gascon brothers. After attending a small initiation ceremony, Christian had completely missed the morning's excitement. He finally spots the cadets and heads over to their table at Ragano's shop, eager to meet his new unit. Excitedly showing off his new cadet uniform to Quigley and Bassabon, Terano does not notice that the Digilian has joined the table. <gasps> oh, the story of the fry, Cyrano! Uh, why, it would be a good lesson for, say, <gasps> Christian de Nouvier! <laughs> oh, this timid young apprentice! Who? Me? This sickly Digilian! Sickly? Hark! Christian, there's someone here, one no one dares to name. <laughs> Who may that be? See here, the man with the large nose? But do not tell him that, lest you want a swift end. Do you understand? Oh, tis brave. Tell us the tale, sir. The tale, The tale! The tale? Oh, all right then. I'll tell. Well... I went all alone to meet the scoundrels. In Quigley's ship, mind you. The Nestle port. Its city lights were bright on that clock-like round moon of Aceroke. When suddenly, some careful clockwork passed. A cloud of a hundred metallic ships across the moon they held their silver watch. And presto! Hi! Aurora was inky black. And all the stars were hidden in the murky dark. Gad! One could see nothing further. Than one's nose. Who the hell was that? He just joined recently. Really? Yes, his name is Christian de Nouvelle. Ah, uh, it is well. I... What, what said I? Mordius. That it was dark. On I went, thinking, for a knavish cause I may provoke some great man. Some great empire. Who could certainly break my nose? My teeth! Who would break my teeth? And I, imprudent like, was poking my nose, my finger, in the crack between the tree and bark, in a way. If we met, he may prove strong and wrap me over the nose, over the knuckles, the knuckles. Aye, that made more sense. But I cried, Forward, Gaskin, duty calls. 
on Cyrano, and thus I blasted on. When from hyperspace came... Who knows? Reinforcements! I find myself... Nose to nose. One in a hundred! With hundred blasting sots, some, some peeking from... Under my nose. Of the moon! Peeking from the moon! I thrust it forward, head well down... Nosing the controls. I fly! Blast two, destroy one! Explodes away! One aims at me! Pew pew! And pew? P-U? <laughs> oh my god! Out! All of you, out, out, out! Every man, woman, and robot, out! Leave me alone with him! The tiger wakes! We shall find him minced fine, minced into hash, in a big pastry. Let us uh, be gone. Everybody out, out! He will not leave a crumb. I die of fright to think that we'll pass here. Something too horrible. All have gone out of the main bakery doors. Cyrano and Christiana face to face, frozen for a moment. Cyrano then extends his arms horizontally. He intends to hug the confused Dejillion. Embrace me now. Sir? You are brave. Oh, but... Nay, I, I insist. Uh, pray tell me uh, who... Come, embrace. I am her brother friend. What? A brother friend who? Hers in faith. Roxanne's. Oh, heavens. Her brother... Friend? Brother, friend, same thing. And she has told you everything? All. She loves me? Perhaps. How glad I am to meet you, sir. I shake your hand. That may be called a sudden sentiment. I ask your pardon. True, he's fair. But the villain, you insulted me. Oh, sir, but if you but knew my admiration, but then- all those noses. Oh, I, I take them back. You know, Roxanne expects a letter. Letter? Oh, woe the day. How? I am lost if I but open my lips. Why so? I am a fool. Could die for shame. None is a fool who knows himself a fool. And you did not attack me like a fool. <laughs> One finds battle cry to lead the assault. I have a certain military wit, but four women can but hold my tongue. Their eyes... True, when I pass, their eyes are kind. And when you stay, their hearts, methinks, are kinder? No, for I am one of those men, tongue-tied I know it, who can never tell their love. And I believe, had nature been more kind, more careful, when she fashioned my hideous nose, had been one of those men who well could speak their love. Oh, to express one's thoughts with facile grace. To be fair with handsome face. Roxanne deserves the best man. I'm sure to prove a disappointment to her. Had I but such an interpreter to speak my soul. Eloquence. Where to find it? That I lend if you lend me your handsome victor charms. Blended we make a hero of romance. How so? Do you think you can repeat what things I daily teach your tongue? What do you mean? Roxanne shall never have a disillusion. Say that we woo her double-handed. That we too woo her both together. Feel it passing from my shirt pocket through thy laced pocket. All my soul inspiring. Uh, but Cyrano... Will you, I say? I fear. Since by yourself you fear to chill her heart... Will you, to kindle all her heart to flame, wed into one of my phrases and your lips? Your eyes flash. Will you? Will it please you so? Give you such pleasure? It 
It would amuse me. It is an enterprise to tempt a poet. Will you complete me and let me complete you? You march victorious. I go in your shadow. Let me be wit for you. Be you my beauty. The letter that she waits for even now. I never can... See, here it is. Your letter. I have written one previously. Take it. What? Take it. Look, it wants but the mailroom. Uh, but I, I... Fear nothing. Send it. It will suit. But why have you done this? Oh, uh, we have our pockets full. We poets of love letters write to Chloe's, Daphne's, creations of our noodle heads. Our lady loves, phantasms of our brains, dream fancies blown into soap bubbles. Come, take it, and change faint love words into true. I breathed my sighs and moans haphazard-wise. Call all these wandering lovebirds home to nest. You'll see that I was in these lettered lines. Eloquent all the more, the less sincere. Take it and make an end. Were it not well to change some words? Written haphazard-wise, will it fit Roxanne? Will fit like your communicator glove. But... Uh... Ah, credulity of love. Roxanne will think each word inspired by herself. My friend! Christian throws himself into Cyrano's arms. As the two men embrace, the cadets slowly bob their heads back into the shop, hoping to witness the end of an apparent massacre. Not here. The silence of the grave. I dare not look. They hug? They hug? Our demon has become a saint. Struck in one nostril, lo, he turns the other. Then we may speak about his nose. Do I dare? Oh, heavens. He... <laughs> what a stink. You, sir, without a doubt, have sniffed it up. <laughs> what is the smell I notice here? Tis your body odor. Cyrano de Bergerac in Space was graciously sponsored by The Icon Group, Studio Dubois Incorporated, Jonathan Safford, and Joseph Vigent. If you'd like to support the show and Swamp Meadow Community Theater, you can become a Cyrano sponsor, just like the wonderful people I just mentioned, by going to swampmeadow.org and clicking on the big Become a Sponsor button. There, we have many tiers to choose from, and not only will you be supporting us, you'll be able to get your name or business in the opening or end credits. This episode of Cyrano de Bergerac in Space featured Andy Affleck as Degiche and Liniere, Audrey Dubois as Roxanne and Lieutenant Parkins, Drake Lowe as Lebray, Valvere, Young Man, and the poet Alpha Sapphire, Jim Kenny as Narrator and Captain Garvin. You can find Jim as an actor, director, and producer at the Norwich Arts Center in Connecticut. They're looking to book theatrical new work when we get back to normal. Jonathan Safford as Christian, the burger, and the poet Omega Ruby. Maya Mallow as Quigley. Marin Flynn as Admiral King and Duenna. Shannon McLeod as Ragano and Champagne. Dale Miller as Professor Lesser, Commander Clond, and the Lesser Bots. 
Tyler H. Vigen as Brasserborn, and Caleb McPhee as Cyrano de Bergerac. This show was edited, directed, and produced by me, Tyler H. Vigen. Additional editing and sound and music design by Andy Affleck. Say au revoir, but not goodbye, originally composed by Harry Kennedy. Special thanks to Eric Dubois for setting up our sponsors page. Our next episode comes at you May 10th. Fly on, cadets!